just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hopefully your day is going well. It is Saturday. One of my favorite kind of shows, as you know, (laughs) having a listener on the show. And today we have listener Denise from the Chicago area. We have two Midwesterners here. So hopefully you Southerners, you Westerners, you Easterners can tolerate two Midwesterners talking about the business at hand. Denise, thanks for stopping in and taking the time to be on the show today. Thank you for having me. I really am excited to be here. Well, I'm excited to have you here too. And, and, uh, uh, you were saying that you ended up uh, listening to the podcast by way of TikTok, right? Yes. You saw, you saw what I did on TikTok and you came to the podcast. And as I told you, that was kind of the whole strategy. I did TikTok not as an end game, but as a way to mm-hmm. get more people coming to the podcast, because this is where I feel more comfortable sitting behind a mic and just talking as opposed to having to show my mug. Now, you can see my face, which, you know, which which is a downside for you. But at least one for the rest of the listeners, they don't have to, they don't have to deal with that. Now, when you sent me an email, you said you were, um, you had a history degree or a history major. Yes. And, and, you, and you're not in the business where history plays a part, but why, why would somebody decide to, to get a major in history? Well, um, my dad is a huge history buff. Um, he actually, went to college to get a history degree to become a history teacher. That's what he wanted to do. And he got sidetracked on a career day about computers um, because he's also a boomer. And so he just kind of went into that and um, it's worked out well for him, but because he is so big into history, he keeps up on everything Um, and he hates politics but he's very good at seeing parallels of where things are today and how that parallels with things in history. Sure. I mean, have you listened to that podcast by Rachel Maddow, Ultra? Yes. And, yes. and that is amazingly a parallel to what's going on today. I had no idea that even that story even happened. And if you folks out there haven't listened to Ultra by Rachel Maddow, great podcast. It's actually, to me, it's more than a podcast because a podcast is what I do. I come on, I talk, I talk to somebody else, but that's a real production. You know, they've got a lot of, a lot of, uh, audio cuts and, and, and a lot of stuff. It, it's quite a production. It's like a soap opera, actually. It is. And kind of. him and I had known that there were Nazi sympathizers in the United States. Um, and both my father and I had known Henry Ford was one of them. Right. Um, and it had come up on a documentary we watched on the History Channel about Hitler and Nazi Germany. But not him and I had no idea how far up the government it went. Oh, yeah. I mean, Charles Lindbergh was a Nazi a sympathizer. Right. George H.W. Bush's father was a Nazi sympathizer there was a lot of high level people in this country thinking you know nazism isn't too bad yeah which is really kind of crazy so um but that so he was 
you know, kind of big on that. And I, I don't know how I got into history. I really just like learning about it. And I always felt that it was so important that if you were an American citizen, that you should know the history of how we came to be as a country. And I, you know, I think that's one of the issues that we have in this country right now is I think people are undereducated about our history, ill-advised or misadvised or misinformed about what's really truly going on in this country. As I've said before, you can watch Fox News, you can watch OAN, you can watch CNN and MSNBC and get four totally different stories. They will accentuate certain parts or omit certain parts. And when nobody knows all the facts, we get a lot of divisiveness. True. And so when anything big ever occurred, you know, he was always like, are you paying attention? Are you watching what's happening? And then he'd ask, you see anything in history that you may have learned that looks like the situation? Right. So that's kind of just how I, I grew up with it. And I was always the girl with her nose in a book. Right. And so being a history major, I didn't ever have to take my nose out of a book. And I liked writing uh, research papers. Uh, that seemed to be something I was really good at was writing. Um, okay. And so I just, it was easy for me, I guess, to be a history major. I wanted to be a history teacher. Okay. And so oh, that's how I went to college and, you know, did that. And my dad and I also like to find weird little tidbits in history that, that not everyone knows. That's always interesting. I had a professor one time uh, at the University of Minnesota, and he taught history, but he taught all the weird little idiosyncrasies or things you didn't know, and he made the course really interesting. I don't know if I learned anything, but at least I was entertained when I was there. I had a professor that did the same thing, and I mean, that was a history course that you could get through that it wasn't dry or, you know, where you felt like, oh, this drags on. Um, it, you know, so when you find those little tidbits, so him and I were always looking for little tidbits that maybe, you know, he knew that I didn't know, or that I knew that he didn't know. Uh, cause even my mom was like, she was, was it like a competition with you two? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's know, nice. It's nice that you and your father had something to connect on and be able to, uh, you know, communicate back and forth. A lot of people, younger women like yourself and somebody as old as a boomer like myself, you know, you don't always have that many things in common to talk about. That's why I was kind of surprised. I, I'm I'm surprised regularly when I talk to people who listen to the podcast and they're younger than boomers, sometimes considerably younger than boomers. I kept thinking to myself, why? You you have a boomer that's a dad who's a pretty smart guy. Why would you come listen to me? Because you are or like my dad, where you lay it out in this logical way. And sometimes I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Like, I, bet I, I bet I swear more, though. Yeah, way more. <laughs> <laughs> way more. Um, but that's fine, because I swear a lot, too. Um, good, good. And I, I'm a Gen Xer, but I am at the very tail end of my generation. So I'm, uh, I probably relate more to a millennial. Right. Um, and, you know with how we grew up. So, you know, I'm, I'm right there at that edge. Um, my husband is too, but my dad, 
keeps a level head and he's always hated politics. He's never liked politics. And he's always said, listen, you go into politics and you have ethics, but when you come out, you don't. He's like, because a lot of it is, I want to get this passed, but I have to compromise my principles on something else. Right. Because I got to get the other party to come over to my side to vote for this bill, but then I got to give them something in return. I see the same situation with the judicial system. And what I mean by that is say you get a prosecutor, they got a target on the guy that they want to, that they think is guilty. Once they get to that point, they do nothing but find ways to convict that person. Even if later down the road they find some evidence that says maybe they're not guilty. They're already right. on track to make him guilty. So they're really not looking for justice. They're just looking for the win, which is essentially the same thing with politicians. They're just looking for the win, not the best answer. Right. And so I've I've stayed out of politics. I didn't even vote. Okay. I didn't Damn vote. you. I know. I didn't vote until the 2020 election. That was the first time I voted. Um, really? Honestly. And I was registered to vote. I've been registered to vote since I was 18, but I've never voted because I always thought every politician was a crook. They were all slimy to me. And I just, I was like, you know, I don't even want to deal with it. And I was under the impression, well, my my vote doesn't count. Illinois is going to elect a Democrat anyway. Right. Because of Chicago, you know, but during 2020 and I, you know, when Trump ran for president, I had only known him from The Apprentice. Right. Okay, so I I didn't know a lot about Donald Trump, and I didn't really care. And my mom and I watched that show, and she was always like, I hate that guy. Yeah, he's easy to hate. There's no question about it. Well, you know, you bring up an interesting point. I've said this to other people. Uh, I was talking about the media and how the news outlets, the cable news outlets, were kind of losing money for a long time. And then Donald Trump runs for office. And now all of a sudden, everybody's watching these things. They get great ratings. They make big money. I think if Donald Trump did, he did a few things that were positive for this country. He brought to light those racists and those Nazis or whoever the hell they are. They brought He brought them to the surface. But at the same time, because of the fear he instilled in a lot of folks, he got a lot more people involved in politics, a lot more people saying, I better fucking vote or we could be in trouble. Right. And so, you know, I started paying attention more to him when COVID started. Right. So COVID is starting to get serious. And I'm like, okay, so Italy's locking down and, you know, England is starting to lock down and Germany. And I'm like, and where would the U.S. be? We're still telling people to wash their hands. Yeah. I mean. And, and, and I'll, be, I'll be honest with you. When this is all going on, I never thought it was going to hit here. It never hits here. We'll be fine. That's what I thought mom, at first. My mom and I thought the same thing because she's like, are you worried? She goes, this is always like swine flu, bird flu. Yeah. You know, she's like, I'm not worried. And none of us were until March. Right. And, and then, then, it, then it yeah. was like holy shit and i'll never forget i mean pritzker my governor jb pritzker had just locked down illinois i want to say it was like the end of march the last weekend of march 
And I wake up, I think it was Sunday. I come downstairs and I'm like turning on the news because, you know, I got to get my COVID info because I'm like terrified of what's going on. And right. I hear Trump being like, we got to open up the country. And I was like, open up the country. My state just got locked down. Right. Like, I just went out on employment two days ago. And I go, what do you mean? And he's like, we need to pack the churches for Easter. And I was like, <laughs> and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, this guy's an idiot. Like, holy crap. And then the next report was he tells people to drink bleach. Right. And my husband was like, Denise, now come on. He's like, you know, he didn't say that. And I was like, hold on. I'll find the clip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you know why he was behaving like that, right? You know why he was calling it a hoax and wanted everything to open up. It was because he was looking ahead to 2020 and he felt like this pandemic would hurt his 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 uh, election in 2020. So he thought, well, I'll just ignore it and it'll go away, which was ridiculous. And frankly, the way, reason it got so bad is because he didn't do anything that a normal president would do. And in spite of what he tried to do, he still lost because of fucking COVID. Right, exactly. And so I'm watching like all this kind of unfold. And then, I don't know, I was friends with people on Facebook and all of a sudden somebody starts talking and it, it's the QAnon thing. Right. But I had, no, I had no idea what the hell the QAnon thing was. So I heard that and I thought, what planet are they on? And And then I get into this, the cabal where they're like, drinking the blood of children and like the, all the kids were under the earth and they came out through Yosemite or, or the grand Canyon or something. Yeah. And I was like, and I'm sitting there thinking, wait, this can't be what I think it is. So I started to kind of get into that. And they were, I mean, there was big things about look what Trump is wearing and look what he, and I was like, he always wears the same thing. It's a Navy blue suit with a red tie. Right. Right. Like what, like, what What? are we looking at? So all of a sudden, I don't know, one day I'm sitting here, and this is a couple of months later, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, shit, that conspiracy theory sounds awful familiar to me. Yeah. yeah and I'm did. like, you know, I've, I've heard this before, but I couldn't, I couldn't place it. So here it is. It's from Nazi Germany. Right, exactly. It is from Nazi Germany. And there was an, a pamphlet written called the protocols of the elders of Zion. And it was how the Jews were slaughtering Christian children and right. putting their blood into, um, matzahs or mat matzos. I don't know. I'm I think it's right. called matzah. I'm, matzah. I'm a, I'm a Swedish Lutheran guy from Minneapolis, but I've heard the term matzah. So that, and I, and I'm like, Holy crap. I'm like, it's like, said to my husband i go these q nuts aren't even friggin' original i'm like they ripped off a conspiracy theory from nazi germany yeah well you know what i found so disconcerting about this is when i heard these conspiracy theories because i have an average or above intelligence i said this is ridiculous this is right. ridiculous and any other time in history people would say this is ridiculous and they'd cast them off as crazies 
And most reasonable people did that. But there was a large faction of people going, yeah, I believe that. I, I was thinking the same thing. And they got on board. And I was so amazed by how many people believe this stuff. It was crazy. I, it was. It was crazy to me. So I had called my dad and I, I said, do you remember a conspiracy theory in Nazi Germany? He goes, yeah. He says that the Jews were drinking the blood of kids. He goes, yeah, I totally remember that. Why? I go, it's resurfaced. I said, it's not QAnon. And he's like, oh, good. He's, he's, he's like, he's like oh, we, good. And we know how Nazi Germany ended up. So that's obviously right. concerning. So he, he's like, well, that's not good. And I was like, well, no. So it starts getting closer. Like we're talking June or July. And, you know, Trump is already talking about how the election is going to be rigged and stolen. Yeah. I mean, he said that about 2016 and the jackass won. So I was kind of confused about how it was rigged if you won. But again, I don't have Trump's brain, so I don't know. So as it's going on, I'm seeing the parallels of Nazi Germany. Like Trump is Hitler. Right. Trump is Hitler. And Hitler's propagandist literally said accuse the other side of which you are guilty of right and that's what hitler did they accused the liberals of being the ones that and everything was coming up you know like make america great again you know that is from what the kkk i mean it's all these old slogans and then you know we are the storm Hitler had stormtroopers. I mean, it's it's all, and I'm sitting there going, this is not good. So the one night I was talking to my dad about something else, and I said, I go, are you seeing this? I said, because I'm seeing a lot of parallels, I said, to Nazi Germany. He goes, well, I am too. He says, but I'm also seeing a lot of parallels to Nixon. Oh, yeah, there are definitely some parallels. He goes, Trump, he, he says, and you wouldn't know a lot about Nixon. He's like, you've studied him from a book. He's like, but I lived it. Yeah. You know, he's like, I watched the guy get elected, you know, and all this stuff. And he's like, I'm telling you, he says it resembles Nixon as well. You know, one thing that Donald Trump did, and this is what I really find troubling, and I'm seeing it more and more now. Donald Trump was president, and everybody thought presidents would behave because of not laws, but because of norms. No reasonable yep. president would go over the norms. No president would break the laws. And you would presume that if they did, there would be some kind of ramification for it. But Donald Trump ran over every norm there is, and nothing happened to him. He couldn't get indicted because of some memo with the DOJ. We saw... uh People getting subpoenaed from the uh, um, uh, from the uh, from Congress and them just ignoring it. What I got out of this the last couple of years is that any rule, law, or anything has no fucking teeth in the U.S. government. Everybody stayed within their norms because they thought it would be a problem if they stepped outside. He ran right over the top of them. And there was no ramifications, no accountability for it. And it just exposed this country for something we thought was allegedly strong and solid. It's just weak as fuck. It, true. It, it's very true. And I told my husband, I said, I'm telling you right now, I said, Trump is going to do something. I said, where he can suspend our civil liberties. 
I said, because that's how Hitler came to get power. Right. I said, Hitler suspended their civil liberties. I said, with the burning of the Reichstag in Germany, I said, and he literally blamed it on the communists. I go, you see that? I said, we're communists. And my husband's like, I thought we were socialists. And I said, well, they're too stupid to figure out that they're two different things and you can't be one if you're the other. And my husband's like, I can't keep track. He's like, it's very hard to keep track. Right. (laughs) I said, it is. And so, you know, I'm like, but that's what Trump's going to do. And my husband's like, are you sure? I said, yeah, John. I said, because that's that's how they're going to get power. I said, they're going to suspend your civil liberties. And that's how he's going to become power. I said, and you watch. I said, Hitler was chancellor of Germany. I said, but that wasn't good enough for him. He wanted to be president of Germany. Right. I said, and then he just decides, well, if I'm going to be president, I don't need a chancellor. I'll just consolidate the power. Right. I said, and that's how dictators work is they they try to consolidate that power. Here's the interesting thing. I've always said that Trump LaFox and Donald Trump and all the people that follow him are absolutely stupid. And people always say, that's mean. They aren't really stupid. I go, yeah, they are stupid. And here, take my theory. And as a history major, tell me, uh, tell me what you think of this. As somebody who's trying to overthrow this country, you've infiltrated the Oval mm-hmm. Office. You've infiltrated Congress. You have people working for you in the DOJ. You have people working for you in the Supreme Court. You have people working for you in state legislature, yet you still fucking failed. How do you fail with all that working for you? And and that is just the, I don't know, I think that's the greatness that is Donald Trump, is that right. the guy could literally fuck up a one-car funeral. Yep, yep, <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, he could... He, 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 that's the one thing, you know, when they took him off Twitter, they want to silence him. No, let that motherfucker talk. He does more damage to him than any Democrat could do. Well, that's that's the thing is my father's like, let him talk. He's like, because he destroys every defense that they'll ever try for him. Right, right. exactly. Because he, he can't keep his mouth shut. And I said to my father, I said, you know, somebody should tell him, you know, you're just too dumb. You would never be able to do that. Yeah. I said, and his ego would not allow him to, and he'd lay out the whole thing of how he did it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I people think I say this because I'm just mad at him or I'm being mean. Donald no. Trump is profoundly stupid. Just the things he says and does is so immature. And the problem is because he's a narcissist and because he's been a bully his whole life and he's had yes men around him, he believes he can pull anything out of his ass at any moment and immediately change the system or situation to his benefit. Now, that might have been the case when he had the Trump organization, but government, the U.S. government is bigger than Donald Trump and it doesn't work. Look, I don't care who you are, but when the president of the United States holds up a map with a Sharpie that says, no, nope, the hurricane is going to Alabama and he drew it in. There should be a lot of people going, what? Like, (laughs) why would you do that? And the simple thing is, he could have just said, you know what? I apologize. I got that wrong. Yeah. 
Because let's face it, the president only has about 500 people talking to him in a day. Right. I'm sure he could get stuff mixed up. Well, he could get stuff mixed up. There might be a better a better fix to that whole situation. Every once in a while, just shut the fuck up and let a professional or an expert say it. Because that's, you know, he can't shut up. And he just makes it worse constantly. Now, if I would have seen that map, I said, uh, Donald, did you know somebody drew a dick on your map there? It's just. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just I was like, you got to be kidding me. Or when he said water is wet from the standpoint of water. <laughs> what? He always strikes me as the guy that I worked in the radio that didn't really know what to say and just opened his mouth and let anything spew out. And it didn't make any sense. And it even sounded stupid. I've worked with guys like that before. Weren't capable of thinking and talking in that order. And I don't think Donald Trump's capable of it. No, I mean, because I've listened to speeches. And I mean, I one day was like sitting there. I don't know, listening to something he was talking about. And he went on this rant about dishwashers. And my 13-year-old was like, he goes, is that why he's not dealing with COVID? He's too busy selling dishwashers? Right, right. And I was like, he's not even selling them. Well, you know, we have, you know, I don't know if you heard this story, but we've, we've been hearing about this story from the writer E. Jean Carroll who accused yes. Donald Trump of raping her in the 90s. And then, you know, it's too late for him to be held accountable for the actual rape. But she was um, she was suing him for defamation of character right. because he said, well, she's not my type. I wouldn't even do that. Now, his his defense was, it doesn't matter because I was president. I can get away with anything. And then it comes back up. So that's his defense. So what does he do? In a tweet, he says the same thing and renews it and makes it so, well, he's not president now. Now she can really sue this motherfucker. And just yesterday, they uh, he tried to get it dismissed, and he wasn't able to do it. That case is going forward. It might involve some DNA, which is kind of interesting. Well, and he wouldn't even give up his DNA sample. He may not and, have a choice, ultimately. Right. But that's my argument is I was like, if he's innocent, give up the DNA. Yeah. It's so easy. And people like the Trump people are always like, they look at you almost dumbfounded, you know? And I mean, I got a neighbor who is kind of a Trumplican. Um, you know, he kind of listens to that MAGA stuff. And I mean, my husband will come home and be like, okay, so is this true? Cause he's, or, or he's like, where is he getting this from? Because, I mean, my husband came home one day and he goes, this is it. He's like, I'm out. He's like, I can't go outside anymore. And I said, why? And he goes, Biden apparently is banning meat. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Jesus. I'm like, really? And and so that whole, I had, and my husband's like, have you heard about that? I said, unfortunately, yes, I have. I said, because the minority in this country is the loudest minority i've ever heard in my life it is it is and and the only way to combat that is to get louder than them and push back harder. Yeah. it's i'm sad it to is. say you know michelle obama can say we go high when they go low but unfortunately sometimes you got to fight fire with fire you got a bully in your face sometimes you got to slap them in the snout well yeah because i mean this whole thing is getting you know scary and i mean i don't think the people realize 
you know, even in Nazi Germany, yeah. they made a children's book out of that conspiracy. Oh, I know. Yeah. And it had to be taught in every school. Probably because they had burned most of their books, but they they took over that curriculum. And the same thing is going to happen here. Well, they're trying to they're, they're trying to uh, infuse more religion into the government and into uh, our schools. And that's always been kind of sacrosanct, you know, a separation of church and state. That's always been there. But for whatever reason, they think that uh, um, that's wrong, even though it's in the Constitution and they love the Constitution. I just read a story just before we talked here is that there's an AG in Alabama that's literally going to prosecute women for taking abortion pills, not having an abortion, but taking the pills. They're going to prosecute them. I, I can't imagine what kind of charge it's going to be, but it ain't going to be a small one. No, it's not. But then did you hear, I think it's Missouri. And I'm pretty sure it's Missouri. Their um, legislative branch is deciding that women who are in Congress, there have to wear sleeves their arms need to be covered they want to pass a rule to change the dress code for women that sounds muslim to me right i mean but the thing is we have issues that need to be solved missouri has like people that don't even have drinking water and you're worried about what somebody shows up to in the house of representatives who cares what the hell they dress like I don't care if my senator wears jeans every damn day in tennis shoes, as long as you're sitting there passing bills that help the American people. Right. And, you know, that and that's the thing I've always said is that I don't care who's president. It could be a Republican. It could be Democrat. As long as people understand their job and they do their job, because, frankly, we have Republicans now that are a shit show. They're a dump, a burning dumpster. So we've got to kind of side with the Democrats. But the Democrats have had their issues over the years, too. That's why I'm, I'm siding with the Democrats now because of what this is. But if the Democrats were in full power, I guarantee you I'd have shit to bitch about. Well, somebody, and I don't know who said this, but somebody had a TikTok and they were like, look, right now, the Gen Z is voting with the Democrats because they got to get, they got to help us get the Republicans the hell out of office. But then they're going to shift and start complaining about the Democrats. Right. You know, they're going to then start going after the moderate democrats like the corporate democrats like biden and people like that they're going to start to go after those people right now they're teaming up with them but sometimes you have to do that and i've never said that the democrats are like this holier than thou party i mean jesus every party's got their own corruption and everything else but they are not standing on the house floor telling you that doctors are killing babies at birth right well, and the thing is, it goes back to what your father told you is that that uh, people go into politics to do the right thing and then they all become corrupted because they have a little power now and people drop money in their pockets or give them power in other ways. And uh, people are people by nature. They're going to try to enrich themselves. Maybe some are better than others, but there's too much money involved in government and people are too weak and they accept the money or the uh, influence or whatever. And then we have what we have. I, I've said this story before. Remember when they were going to pass the Build Back Better bill? 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, I remember Joe Biden saying this, or Schumer said this, this is a transformational bill. This has never happened in 80 years. I go, wait a fucking minute. You guys are there to work for us. Mm -hmm. Over these past 80 years, Democrats have been in power. Are you telling me none of you motherfuckers have have thought it important to do something for the very people who are paying the taxes because the rich people don't pay taxes? It's all coming off our back. It's not... It hasn't been for 80 years, and now you're thinking you're going to do it? And why are you want to do for us now? Because you care about us or because you know it's the one thing that's going to get votes away from the Republicans? See, that's the thing is they want to help us, but I can't help but feel like it's kind of self-serving. It's the story they have to tell to get what they want, and that, of course, is power. I True. I mean, it is, but... You know, the other thing is, is that Democrats say it and they do try to deliver. Absolutely. And and that's the thing is, I think the delivery is is the the thing you got to look at because Republicans don't deliver. And, you know, this thing they got now where they're like, we need single issue bills. And I'm like, okay, look, I understand that you guys all can't read and like, you know, it's probably easier for Marjorie Three Toes and Lauren Bobo for yeah. those single bills and Matt Gates because I don't think he knows what the hell he's doing. But they combine bills to make things go faster. Right. People also don't seem to understand that because I'm like, do you not understand what it is like if you have to debate every bill? I mean, holy cow, we'd never get anything done. Right, right. Yeah, there's definitely... You know, some some sludge in our government and it doesn't get done quickly enough no it doesn't it really doesn't and you know i know people were like flipping out about the republicans you know passing they're going to abolish the irs and i was like yeah the senate is probably not going to vote on that you know and the 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 problem is is that people don't understand how a bill becomes a law and I mean, no, I no, they don't. I have literally taken to taking the YouTube link for the Schoolhouse Rocks animated video that, like, <laughs> was probably from my damn generation, and sending it to people because I'm like, this is like a two minute thing, and you know what? You'll find out that it, it it'll teach you a little bit of civics here, right? Because people do not know how the Supreme Court works. They don't know how the government works. They also don't. I'm convinced they don't know how to vote. Because if you voted a Democrat into office, you have to put Democrats in the House and the Senate so they can get their crap put through. Because this shit where you elect Republicans, all you're doing is electing a roadblock every damn time. Yeah, you're being obstructionist yourself. You know, and and the thing about it is I get a lot of people sending me uh, emails, DMs and posts and stuff. And they're all upset. Okay, we're hearing that the House is going to do this, or they're going to have this this subcommittee that's an oversight to all uh, all uh, federal investigations. And they're worried about this stuff, but they don't understand. And I always explain to them it's never going to happen because it also has to pass through the Senate, which it won't. And even if it did pass through the Senate, then Joe Biden would have to sign it. He certainly would not. But here's the problem. And this is part of the reason. I mean, part of it is people just don't look into it. They're, 
either lazy or just not interested in looking into the whole picture. But the real problem here is the media. The media will Mm -hmm. go on and they'll say, oh, my God, they're going to start this oversight committee. They're going to try to game the judicial system by mucking up all the investigations into themselves. My God, what will we do? Well, that's a fucking non-story because it's not going to happen. But the media likes it because it makes people scared or nervous or upset and keeps them watching. And they're doing a disservice to this country and to each one of us by not telling us the whole truth. That's part of the reasons why I do what I do with a rational boomer. You don't get the whole story. Well, right. And I think this whole week, my husband has like banned me from watching the news because I've done nothing but yell at my television set, especially um, I watch the nightly news. Uh, so it's a channel five, I think. And uh, Kristen Welker is the correspondent at the White House. Right. And I'm telling you, I don't like her reporting because everything on Biden now is the classified documents were found two days before the uh, midterms. They were found before the midterms. You keep saying that like it means something. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. And second of all, Kristen Welker was one of the people who was texting during January 6th. Right, right. Well, so she you, really shouldn't be reporting. No, a, a lot of these reporters, I, 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 you know, anybody on CNN these days, I don't even watch CNN because no. they're, they're a little tainted and they don't even know which way they're going. I can't get a straight answer. I'll watch MSNBC from time to time just to get the story. And then I'll go someplace else to get the facts Um, because that's really what you got to do. MSNBC is better than CNN, but CNN sucks. So it's not that much of an improvement. Um, There's a lot of people, you know, we see them on Fox News. These people are promoting Nazis and promoting insurrection. I don't know how anybody can possibly watch them. Um, It's 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 kind of frightening that people in this country, I, I was always amazed in the last six years to find out just how high a percentage of stupid people there are in this country. I would never have guessed that. Uh, listen, when I was learning about Hitler, I told my dad, I was like, you know, how stupid were these people back then yeah. that they all like believe this? And I mean, there were people that followed Hitler that had to be taken to the concentration camps to prove what happened because they could not comprehend it. And now with Trump, I am like, holy shit, I totally see how Hitler came to power, how he got all those people to believe him and follow him blindly. Right. Well, it's it's easy to e- easy to realize that when you look at the one thing that's connected to it, the evangelical Christians. You have these big powerful preachers who have crystal cathedrals and make all kinds of money and and thousands and tens of thousands of people are following following them apparently there are a certain faction of people there that are susceptible to anybody who speaks loud and entertaining or creatively and they get sucked in i mean <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you in doing the rational boomer one of the reasons i thought about doing it that it might work is because the way i talk is not like any other Democrat you hear in media talk. I talk more like a Republican, but I'm giving a Democratic message. So I thought that's kind of a niche, and it wasn't fake. That's really how I talk. But you see, it isn't hard to get people to follow you 
if you scare them enough. And that's what they do. True, true. But I like my dad and I had talked and, and he has said, he's like, I think a lot of the people in this country followed Trump. He's like, because of the way he talks, he's like, and just follow me. He's like, because Obama was well-educated. George W. Bush was well-educated. Clinton is a Rhodes Scholar. He's like, and those people talk at an elevated right. sort of way. And he's right. like, Trump talks like them. Yeah, He like, says that appeals to them because they now are like, see that president? He's my guy. Because right. he's like, he, he isn't like you. He hates you. He can't stand you. He he said his supporters looked ugly. What, on January 6th, they were ruining the optics? Like, they didn't, you know. And let's be honest, but, he was right about that. He was true. at least correct about that. But he he is, I mean, their guy. That's how he's done it. There's one other part. There's one other part of this that the uh, government, the U.S. government should take note of because there's a red flag as to why Donald Trump was elected. And it was basically we had it here in Minnesota one time when Jesse the Body Ventura was elected governor. The same reason he was elected governor is the same reason why Donald Trump was elected president. People are really fucking tired and upset of establishment politics. And yep. they don't like the way it's worked. They don't like what they've received. Uh, Hillary Clinton was the essence of establishment politics. They said we need something different. The only option was Donald Trump. They thought, how bad could it go? Well, they had no fucking idea how bad it could go. They took a shot because they were tired of what they were dealing with for decades. So the U.S. government should, or politics in general, Democrats and Republicans alike should take note of that and say, okay, they don't like Donald Trump, but they sure didn't like what we had before Donald Trump. Maybe we create a hybrid to better appeal to the average Joe on the street. That's what they should be thinking. I'm not convinced that they are, though. No, because, I mean, honestly, the Republicans cannot learn. Um, I mean, they they, they had this red trickle for the midterms, right. and they literally are out there now doing the same stupid shit that they did that lost them the midterm. Right, exactly. You know, they're still because talking they're about abortion listening. stuff, and abortion I, is I, what probably cost them the, 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 the election. I know, but it's it's like, I don't understand how you cannot learn. You would think that we need to change. Something has to change. But because and they clearly, don't learn, I'm feeling good about 2024 because they don't learn. Oh, yeah. No, they don't learn. And, and 2024 should go smoothly because, I mean, I'm telling you, people are like, I don't know how you could vote for Biden. And I'm like. I would have voted for a ham sandwich yep, if I it agree. was my only option against Trump. I would have voted for the ham sandwich because it would have been better than what we had. Right. Exactly. I, I, <laughs> I, I tell you what, I, I've got listener Denise on the show with me today. We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. Hi, friends. I'm Trisden, and I host a podcast called Extreme Common Sense with Trisden and Ray. Our politics lean left, but since we live in Kentucky, we're forced on a daily basis to deal with our right-wing friends. So our goal is to bring people together and stay sane as Democrats in Central Kentucky. If you love the rational boomer, you'll probably like us as well. So check us out wherever you get your podcasts. That's Extreme Common Sense with Trisden and Ray. 
Trisden is spelled T-R-I-Z-D-O-N. That may make it easier to find. Thanks for listening. We are back on the Rational Boomer podcast. On today's show, we have listener Denise. She's from Chicago. A uh, very bright young woman. She's a history major, and uh, frankly, she's taught me some things today. And uh, when you talk about Republicans and watch all the things that Republicans do, the only thing I typically learn is that they're fucking stupid. So it's nice to have an intelligent, <laughs> articulate person to talk to. Actually, all the listeners I've had on the show are intelligent and articulate. They are. So you're, you're keeping the uh, the trend going here. So you, you, you brought up, I said, what do you want to talk about? And you said, uh, Barry Goldwater. Well, she's a history major. So please tell us about Barry Goldwater. So Barry Goldwater was actually, I mean, he starts off, um, in the Senate, uh, he's from, you know, Arizona is a Republican. Right. And um, he basically gives like, I mean, he, he gives like the speech on the Senate floor because he gets kind of pissed about the religious uh, right. He, he really is not liking it because, you know, he wasn't a fan of the civil rights movement. I mean, let's face it. He wasn't like no. where he wanted, you know, to follow where the Democrats were going to be like, let's end segregation and all that. And he wasn't really into that. But he had, you know, kind of a, I guess, a left leaning leaning stance on abortion and, you know, even some other issues. You know, he pretty much didn't have a problem with like the LGBTQ community and all that. Like, you know, he sort of had different things but he said he's like i am frankly sick and tired of the political preachers across this country telling me as a citizen that if i want to be a moral person i must believe in a b c or d i am even more angry as a legislature who must endure the threats of every religious group who thinks it has come it has some god-granted right to control my vote on every roll call in the Senate. I mean, he just was like, he didn't like the new right. He says, you know, he's like, I don't, what they're talking about is not conservatism. Well, the religious right has always been pounding on the door of of politics, specifically the Republicans. I think what they found in Donald Trump was a willful idiot. And I think that's what the Republicans found. Donald Trump did no shit from shit. All he wanted power. He wanted to be on TV, get good ratings and be the star of the show. He didn't know anything about details or politics or even what the fuck he was doing. So I think people on the Republican side and the evangelical side said, hey, we'll tolerate this guy because we can make him do whatever the fuck we want to do. And that's exactly what happened. Right. And he I mean, he tells you he's like the religious factions are growing throughout America and they're a divisive element that Absolutely. can tear apart the country if they gain sufficient strength. And the thing that he didn't like was when he runs against LBJ. Right. You know, he did not want to flirt with the religious right. He knew that they are unwilling to compromise. Right. And he's like, in politics, you can't have that. And he says, mark my word. If and when these preachers get control of the Republican Party, and they're sure trying to do so, it's going to be a terrible damn problem 
Frankly, these people frighten me. Politics and governing demand compromise. But these Christians believe that they are acting in the name of God, so they can't and won't compromise. I know. I've tried to deal with them. Right. And he's trying to warn people. And yet the Republican Party still, again, does not learn. I mean, Barry Goldwater loses. Right. But they still don't learn. And then they put up Nixon. And again, the the people on the right thought Nixon was going to be their guy. And but he was Nixon, a Quaker, for Christ's sake. He was a Quaker. I you know. think they're going to turn him? I don't think so. Right. And he, you know, he gets in and they think like he's the guy. He's going to give us what we want. And then he establishes the EPA. And those people lost their collective shit. Right, right. But then, like you say, when, when when I said when Donald Trump comes in, he's so malleable just to make money, votes, and get popular, he'll say and do anything. I'll guarantee you. Well, I know for a fact that prior to running for president in 2016, he was a Democrat. He supported the Clintons. And now all of a sudden he hates the Clintons. He's a Republican. It's because that was only inroad into getting power. And once he jumped on board, all these people just told him what he wanted to hear. And he did whatever the fuck they wanted. Right. And he, you know, he didn't care. I mean, he, no. he didn't care. You know, he, he had, he really could, could have cared less. I mean, you know, Reagan was kind of the same way. I mean, they put the actor in yeah. and, but Reagan and he, you know, he listened to what they were telling him, but see Reagan could deliver the message yeah. and not seem like he was screwing you over. Right. Reagan, Reagan, um, Reagan kind of pulled the wool over the eyes of a lot of people. He had a lot of things going for him. Jimmy Carter before him had a lot of problems economically and, and, and internationally. And Reagan comes in, I'm going to be the tough guy and take care of things. But he, too, was kind of a willful idiot. He really didn't know what he was getting into, but he had the benefit of being an excellent communicator. And apparently, with, with people always say the presidential race isn't a popularity contest. Bullshit. It's all it is. It is a popularity contest. Yes. And and he flirts again. He pulls the religious right right in. I mean, that's what he did. But again, see, they needed the vote. And and Barry Goldwater, you know, when he ran, he was like, this is not working, you know, and and he said he's like the way that you're going with this party it's not going to work because he's like you know i'm having to say things that i don't truly believe in right because we got to get their vote and and these were people like you're talking the john birch society and all, all that was happening at the time and these people typically you know they didn't vote for government because they thought every one of us was like going to hell so so are you saying that the last Republican politician to have any integrity at all was in the late fifties, early sixties, Barry Goldwater. Um, I'm yeah. I mean, I'm pretty. Much <laughs> I, I, I agree with you. I agree with uh, you. I mean, I would tell you that the last president, Republican president, was Eisenhower that had any kind of integrity. Um, yeah. and he still is borderline for me, but he he wasn't as bad. I mean. Reagan, you know, Barry Goldwater, I got to give him credit because he doesn't 
compromise. You know, he get he's like, I'm not going to start telling the religious right what they want to hear because I don't want to deal with these people. They're crazy. I, yeah. Well, you know, you know like, the Republicans are known for screwing up our economy and no doing kidding. bad things. I mean, last several Republican have put us in the shitter and the Democrats have had to pull us out. I don't know why it's so hard for Republicans to recognize it. It goes back to what you said before. They make mistakes. They make mistakes. They double down. They lose, but they keep doing the same mistakes. As you said, it's like they never learn. And I, I don't quite get that. And they're running out of time here now because all the old white people are dying off. They're not going to be able to, um, um, hold on power very long because it's slipping away quickly. Well, right. And, and their main bat fraction of power seems to be the, the boomers. Right. Right. I mean, they, they seem to be the boomers and, you know, I've said this from God, I think when George Bush ran, I was in grade school and I said to my father, I go, why is it that anybody who runs for president is like 105 years old? Yeah, that's a good Don't point. Have young people like Kennedy, you know, Clinton, at least he was charismatic and he was younger. I said, because I'm like, you keep putting up these people. I'm not going to vote for them because they don't appeal to me. Well, up until recently, uh, and I know this because I'm a boomer and I looked into it, um, <laughs> there was as many boomers, 70 million boomers, as there were millennials, you know? Yes. So so as much as the younger people will try to push aside the older folks, this was my contention anyway. I mean, when I was young, my folks got old. I go, yeah, you know, just go fucking sit down and have a cookie. You're old. And that's kind of what they're trying to do with, 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 with boomers. Unfortunately, we're still quite a big voting block. Now the good news is I'm hearing that 5,000 boomers are dying a day. So that will help. <laughs> but, 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 you know, the boomers, it's just they they were baby boomers. So there's a fucking lot of them. And that's why we're stuck in this position right now. As much as I'm a boomer, I agree with you. I would blame boomers for the condition we're in right now. Well, yeah. And I mean, that's been something like, I mean, you know, my dad, too. Like, I we just had a conversation uh, before Christmas about something. And I was like, well, you know, hello. It would be your generation that, like, effed it up, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, when I started doing doing this this rational boomer thing, it was because I realized if I'm walking down the street and say somebody like you is walking past me, you look at me and go, oh, there's a fucking boomer, that racist, white supremacist, misogynistic, anti-Semitic, Trump-humping piece of shit. But it turns out that that's not who I am. And so I thought I'd do the rational boomer thing and see if there's other people like me or is I, am I the lone wolf? Well, I knew I wasn't the lone wolf. And surprisingly, a significant number of people got on board and agree with me. And to me, that's, that's, that's comforting to know that while the boomers have fucked things up, there's a lot of boomers out there that either didn't know how to get involved, didn't want to get involved, just kept their mouth shut. But there's enough boomers out there to, try to correct some of the the ills that 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 my generation has committed well because even my mom i mean she she was like i don't understand she's like what the hell happened to my generation and i said i don't know i said y'all became racist somewhere along the way 
Which is ironic because they were the hippies at Woodstock loving everybody. I, that's what I said. I'm like, I don't, I don't under, like explain this to me like I'm five because weren't you the people at Woodstock? And my father's like, well, yeah, but we don't talk about that. Well, great. But I mean, the, that's where you all were. And um, honestly, it's weird to me. Uh, when you look at my mom and my aunt, both of them raised sisters, raised in the same household. Yeah. My mother is totally the least racist person you'll ever meet. She could care less. It doesn't bother her. I think a lot of it comes from her and my father both work downtown Chicago. Right. So they've, I mean, you know, black people have been around, but my mother was, you know, is, I mean, and she always taught me it's one race. It's the human race. Right. It's, it's, we're just people. Right. My aunt is racist. Yeah. Totally racist. Like, totally racist. And I'm like, how the hell? And my mother even said that. She goes, how the hell did my sister and I come out of the same freaking house? I think one thing people have to understand, if you go back to the 60s, racism was accepted. I mean, it was just part of life. Nobody, if you said the N-word or if you uh, tried to diminish somebody that's of color, you know, you might get a little shit about it, but it wasn't a big deal because racism was accepted. Well, true. And and the thing that was weird is my mom, my aunt, and I were uh, back in March sitting around my mom's kitchen table having a conversation. And we had all gone to the same um, Catholic school. Okay. So I went to the same school as my mom and my aunt did. Because my grandma only lived like two blocks from it. So right. my, my mom would take me to my grandma's house and she'd get me off to school. So we started chatting. And I don't know how we came up to the thing. And I was talking about, I went to Catholic school with people who were not Catholic. Right. They went there simply for the better education. And especially since Catholics will tell you, if you're not Catholic, you're going to hell, but the Catholics are cool. So for somebody not being Catholic, and I know this because I'm married to a Catholic, but, uh, and I'm going to hell. She's not, but, <laughs> but, but they were kind of exclusionary too, but they'll take your money because they need to fund the school. Right. So, I mean, I, you know, and I had people of color. Okay. Um, that were, you know, in, in school and I never thought anything of it. So I don't know what I said to my mom, and my aunt, my mom was like, she goes, really? Cause she's like, you know, when I went there, she's like, everybody was white. And when she said it, I looked at her, I was like, <laughs> the look on my face. And my mom was like, she goes, why do you look at me? Like I'm an idiot. And I was like, no reason, nothing. And finally, she was like, no, you're going to have to tell me. Because she's like, it's really bugging me that you're looking at me this way. And I go, Ma, you grew up during segregation. Right. That would be why there were no black people at the school. Right, right. And she was like, oh, my God. Like, it didn't. Right. That did not click. And when I said something to my father, my father was like, oh, he's like, because <laughs> his parents moved from the city into carpentersville out here which is like a community that was way way northwest so you're talking like you went from the city to like little podunk town right right and that's where he grew up and he said he goes i remember being a kid he said and there was a black family that was going to move in 
Right. He goes and and half the block had like a conniption fit over it. Oh yeah. I mean, I tell the story, I've told the story here before in the late nineties, early two thousands, I lived in a suburban town just outside of Minneapolis and a black family was moving in, in the 2000 or like 2001, 2002, maybe 2003. And my neighbor came up and go, you know, who's moving in there? And I go, no, I have no clue. He goes, they're black. Cause they always have to whisper it for whatever yeah. reason. And yeah, I said, so I said, so what, man? <laughs> I said, I just hope they have a cute girl that wants to date my son. Fuck you. This isn't 62. This is 2002. Um, uh, but you know, you know what troubles me more than anything? I grew up in South Minneapolis. I graduated from high school in 1978, which actually makes me a younger boomer. I'm a boomer, but I'm a younger boomer. Yeah. All these people I grew up with, we all went to the same school. We all raised very similarly. And uh, we all partied and got drunk and got crazy. I'll be honest with you, you know, all the restrictions that were put on you when you were growing up, it's our fault because we fucking did everything and we weren't going to let you bastards do it because we know what could happen. But anyway, I go back and I talk to some of my high school friends. Now, I have a number of high school friends that are in the same mindset that I have and aren't racist and aren't misogynistic, but there are a lot that are. And I look at them and I go, the fuck happened? We're raised in the same area. We went to the same school. Our parents were similar. You're a fucking racist and I'm not. How does that happen? Is it simply intelligence or is it something else? I, You know, I don't know. And listening to your podcast today, you had the uh, girl that wrote in with her email that said her dad, you know, growing up, like, what all the kids ended up in their yard playing softball or something right, and right. He was like this really cool guy. And now all of a sudden he's like a crazy Trumper. Um, and you talked about fear. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's and, what it's all about. And I, and it is, it's all about, and it's the fear that gets them. It's, it's the fear that gets them. Well, somehow, I, somehow Donald Trump and the Republicans were able to do what the Nazis did and somehow radicalize normal people. That's the intriguing thing about this. Take somebody who's yeah. reasonable and normal and somehow scare them enough to radicalize them to spew the shit they spew. Well, and this thing, I mean, Jesus, I think I have heard about the illegals coming to take our jobs. Mm. Those damn brown I, people. <laughs> since I was born. And I'm still waiting to see if they'll take my job because I would willingly give it to you. If you want it, but that's the thing. Like they, they're not coming to take our jobs. Well, and besides, how is that even a thing anymore when we don't have enough people to fill the jobs we have? We should let more brown people to fill the jobs we have that people can't hire people. No kidding. This is and and this is what I get because I I don't know. I just had this conversation with somebody. I don't even remember who it was. And I'm like, do you not understand that when we fought the Civil War, the people on the Confederate side, the men on the front lines were not slave owners? No, hell no. They were Somehow the uh, children of slave owners or or children of people who worked for slave owners. It's, it was, yeah, it was ridiculous. The, the rich white men convinced these people 
that they needed to go fight because they had to have slaves. Those people didn't own slaves. The slaves gave them nothing. They did nothing for them, but yet they got those people to fight for them. Well, you know, and I'm sure they came to them and said, look, if we don't have the slaves, the economy is going to go to shit. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Would there have been a good economy in the South had it not been for the slaves? I mean, as much as, you know, people always talk about reparations and they think, oh, they just want to give them money because we were mean to them. No, because they were largely responsible for the success of this country and they did it on their backs as slaves. Absolutely. Reparations are in line. We owe somebody some money. No kidding. And my father has said all the time is he's like, you would never have gotten a white guy to pick cotton. No. He's like, it was never going to happen. He says, you were never going to get the white guy to pick cotton. He goes, and if you did, the white guy was going to be like, if you think you're paying me two cents for doing this, you got another thing coming, motherfucker. And who knows, like, all these years later, we'd all only be wearing rayon. So that. <laughs> right, exactly. And, you know, I mean, when you go back into like world history, it wasn't until about the 16th century that they started to talk about race. She's a history major and she's showing off. Go ahead. Before then, it was just people. It's just people. They were the human race. Yeah, right. But what happened was, is the rich, educated people could count. And they were becoming outnumbered by all of the poor people, the peasants, the workers, all of that. And so they said, well, shit, this ain't going to work. Because if those dummies figure out that they outnumber us, they're going to take us over. So what did they do? They started dividing you by race. Right. Because if you teach the white guy that he's better than the black guy. He thinks he won. He yes, he thinks he won. He won the prize. And he's like, hell yeah, I'm definitely better than that asshole over there. Right, right, exactly. And they and they divide you. And that's how it has started. That's how it started. Was what? basically they were getting outnumbered. And if, if people could figure it out today, that if we banded together, we could totally overtake all these idiots. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and and you're right. They they've always tried the government's always tried to divide us because that makes us less powerful. But what you're saying is really an illustration of what Donald Trump and the Republicans have done, same as what they did with slavery. They got over on the people they could get over on because they were more educated or more powerful or had more money. And then they justified making these people indentured servants or Trumplifox, one way or the other, they were able to get over on these people and convince them whatever lie they wanted to tell them, make them afraid that if they didn't go along with what they were saying, that their country would be destroyed and they would be whatever. Uh, it, it's, it's, it, as I said, it's all about fear. And that's the only way you can get people to, I mean, I, I'll, I'll tell you this. Fear is the base of any kind of negotiation. When I was in business and I was negotiating with people, you know, if I went out and I said, hey, I got this great product, you should buy it. It's going to make you a lot of money. Immediately, those people would think of, of, of that I was trying to get over on them. So the key was to get over on them without them knowing you're getting over on them. So I, I went the other I went the other way and I said, hey, I got this stuff. It's great. You want to buy it? And they go, well, I don't know. Okay, that's all right. Thanks very much and hang up on it. Now, psychologically, they're going, 
why didn't that guy try to sell me this shit? What am I missing? And eventually they'd call me back and beg me to buy this shit because they thought I was not, I didn't care if I was selling it to them. So they thought I was getting over on them and they needed to win. And they, so, so it's very psychological. And that's, you know, that's what the Trump fucks do. They scare people into reacting the way they do it. Now, whether it's uh, psychological or, or, or uh, what's the, what's the word where you go the opposite way? Oh, um, reverse psychology reverse psychology yeah they, they they've got all this stuff down they will say things that they know will make people think other things and that just snowballs into a fucking lot of fear look you have ron DeSantis selling aprons that says you can't take my gas stove <laughs> i don't even know what that's about i heard about that somebody tried don't, to ban don't gas, turn stoves. On my gas stove you didn't hear i had to go I put it. I went on to TikTok because I was like, you know what? Screw Twitter. <laughs> Ever yeah. since Musk took it over, it's it's not as good. And I was like, I'll, I'll go to TikTok because I couldn't figure out what was happening with the gas stove. I saw the tweet that said, "You'll have to pry it out of my cold dead hands." And I thought, <laughs> and I was like, "Geez, buddy, like calm down, you know." And of course, it's a Republican. <laughs> yeah. And so here it is. Some I don't, there was a there is a study done, and Biden has already said he's not banning them. But gas stoves apparently they're relating it to asthma in children. Oh, really? There's a link, and there's also a link between other I think diseases and that gas stove. Right. But the biggest one was asthma in children because there are a lot of kids that have bad asthma, and they did a study, and they're finding this out. So one of the government agencies was thinking over the next 10 years of banning the gas stove. And all the Democrats did was say, hey, with the Inflation Reduction Act, you can get $850 if you trade in your gas stove for an electric one. Which isn't all that different from trading in and getting a new furnace that's more efficient. Same kind right. of concept. They just want to give you the opportunity to do something better or safer in this instance. Right. And so then you had people on Twitter literally tweeting, I turned on all my burners on my gas stove just to own the libs. And I was like, fine. You know what? I don't care if they want to own the libs by turning on their gas stove and they blow up. I mean, that's a hell of a way to own the libs. But I mean, by all means, go ahead. And I said to my husband, I go, I wonder if it was like this back when people had to, you know, burn friggin logs to keep warm. And yeah. somebody was like, you know, we could use gas. I wonder if people were like, you'll have to pry that log <laughs> out of my cold, dead hand because I want to totally be out there chopping wood. And I don't want to go to this convenience that you have. You know, as an adult, I've never owned a gas stove. It's always been electric stoves. But when I was a young boy, my I, I remember my mom had a gas stove. And the best part of having a gas stove back in the day, I lived in South Minneapolis, not very rural. And sometimes my mom, just to make it more fun for my brother and I, she'd get us those those long forks. Oh, yeah. Put, 
put a wiener on the end and we cooked that right <laughs> on the fucking stove and it was awesome. It was it was absolutely awesome. But l- let me explain to you another experience. I don't know if it was like this in Chicago, probably not since you've been born. But when I was very young, there was this uh, this uh, I almost want to call it a ceremony, but it wasn't. It was, but it wasn't. <clears throat> you didn't have garbage the way it was. You had a big 60 gallon drum back by your garage oh, and yeah. dump shit in it, plastic, fucking everything in it. And then you'd burn it. And then when you'd burn it, you'd all stand out talking to your neighbors while you were burning your trash. It was kind of a, a ceremonial <laughs> thing. And all the little kids would come around with sticks and poke the fire and stuff. It was kind of a fun get together once a week or so. But can you, you ima- can you imagine the toxic fumes coming off of that with milk cartons? Yeah. And and milk bottles and and now and now they're worried about the gas stoves. You know, frankly, if it does have some some effect on kids breathing, why do they have to be gas stoves? I, I've never owned a gas stove as an adult. I'm fine with electric stoves. It doesn't really fucking matter unless unless these Republicans are storing their guns in the gas stoves. That may be the problem. <laughs> I I don't know. They flipped out over M and M's again. M and M's. What do you mean? Oh yeah, there's another. Oh my god, there's another M M&M and M controversy. <laughs> this is so fucking stupid. It's ridiculous. Please tell me. Because <laughs> I I I got to watch the Tucker Carlson clip. Oh Jesus I'm so, I'm Christ! So excited. So apparently they've added a purple M and M. That sounds pretty pretty uh, controversial. And the purple M&M, the way she's shaped, you know how they make the M&M characters? Yeah. Okay, so she looks heavy, but she's a peanut M&M. <laughs> so the peanut M&Ms are like an egg shape, you know, kind of. Yeah. And so that's what she looks like. And, I mean, they're like, you know, they're changing M&Ms. Like, they've added a purple one. They're making it, you know, this feminism has gone too far and we need to get our masculinity back. <laughs> so what difference does it make if they have a purple M&M for Christ's sake? I, you know, I'd love to see what happens if they brought back the California raisins. That would freak some fuckers out. So I said, who's going to tell Tucker Carlson that right now you can go into a store and buy Valentine's M&Ms and they're pink, white, and red. Yeah. Like, Who's going to tell them? And I believe at Easter, they're yellow and purple and pink, like they're pastels. Right. I'm I'm guessing they added purple because they've always had the colors of the rainbow. They've never had purple. Purple's in the color wheel. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming that's why they're adding it. I don't know. So some dumbass, um, Nick White, was it? I don't know. He had dinner with Donald Trump. It wasn't Nick Fuentes. And he bought a, he bought a bag of M and M's to throw on the sidewalk and stomp on them so he could show Mars Candy Company that people are not going to go for this. And I was like, "Hey, idiot! You already spent the money, so Mars Candy Company got your money, and they now are just laughing." And all the all all, all the libtards will buy that bag now you probably made them money in the long run i wonder if i wonder why the, you know maybe they could go this is probably before your time but uh 
Back in the day, in the late 70s, early 80s, there was the story about uh, the band Van Halen demanding M&Ms in their contract, but you had to pick out all the brown ones. They didn't want the brown ones in there, which was just a a fucking running gag for them. But but I'm amazed by Republicans will pick the tiniest shit and blow it up to such proportions that people actually think it's important. And and I was like, okay, but who cares what the hell the M and M's do? Like, I don't care. <laughs> I, don't care. I don't. I mean, or like, gas who stoves. cares? Like, yeah, or gas stoves. Because my husband was like, "Is there an issue with like a gas stove?" And I was like, "Do you really want to know?" And he's like, "You know what? No, I'm good. Like, I don't think I need to know." Because they said it's not going to change anything in your everyday life. But conservatives are literally losing their shit. Right. Right. Over it. But see, when they lose their shit over a gas stove or a purple M&M or the green M&M getting boots or heels or whatever the hell was happening with that one a while ago, I don't even know and I don't care. They don't see what the hell the Republicans are doing in office. Well, that's that's exactly it. When you hear the things that come out of their mouth, whether it be about M&Ms or Jewish space lasers or some of the crazy shit they get out of queue, how can you even look at the Republican Party as a serious party. I mean, there was a day and age where people would just laugh at them and send them away. But for whatever reason, they get some traction these days, mainly because we've got some stupid radicalized people out there. And that's the part that's scary is like, it is regular everyday people that are now radicalized and you don't, you have no idea there. They could be like on a hair trigger. Well, and, you know, that's the interesting thing. When I run across these people that are radicalized, it's not just that they think this way, uh, especially with somebody like me, because some people know that I do the TikToks and the podcasts and stuff. And there are people that are Trumplifucks and they'll see me. Now, I'm perfectly content not talking politics unless I'm on the podcast or TikTok. If I'm just meeting friends or family or something like that, we have to talk politics and talk politics all day. But they feel compelled. They are obsessed with the idea of coming and getting in my face and proving me wrong, which never works for them because they're usually pretty stupid. And, 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 and I can put them in their place in short order. But what is it? It's one thing to have these crazy thoughts, but so important to foist this upon somebody who they know thinks differently than them. They can't help themselves. They can't stop. No, they can't. They they just, they can't. It's almost like the people who are like, you know, I'm going to pray for you. Please don't. <laughs> Please don't. Yeah. Like I, because I'm convinced whatever God you're praying to, I don't really want to know. No, no. If it... So please don't let me be a part of that shit. No, because I, I, you know, and I'm Catholic. Yeah. I'm Catholic. And I, I still, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, you know, I, I see the hypocrisy in the church. You know, and and all this stuff. And I mean, I'm telling you, I'm content with believing in Jesus and everything else and praying on my own time. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm telling you, I don't think, I think people are, are losing the message. I, uh, I've said this before. I don't believe in organized religion at all. And that, that includes all religions. And, and here's why. I believe in God. I pray every night. I honestly do pray every night. And it's worked for me. But I look at, I look at religions, the construct of a religion, a lot 
the same way I look at, at, at parties, Democrats and Republicans. But with regard to the religion, I look at it as clubs formed, run, and operated by humans who are absolutely potentially corruptible or tainted in some way. And if I'm dealing with God, I don't, I, I've always said this to people. I said, it's kind of like you can pray to God. You can go to God yourself. In fact, they've said you got to go to God through Jesus or whatever your religion says. But if I go to a church to get to God, it's like the difference between going to get water from a spring from a mountain and drinking it, or instead getting that same water after it's run through a dirty pipe. Which choice would you make? I would go to the spring. And it's the same with religion and God and all that stuff. I don't need some fucking clown that has a bunch of cars and is telling me he needs more money from me when I can just go direct. Well, right, exactly. Like, I don't need you. Like, I don't, you know, I don't need you to tell me and like all this other stuff. And, you know, my whole theory is what if you're wrong? Like, what if we're telling people that the path to heaven is to believe in Jesus? And what if we're wrong? And people are like, it says it in the Bible. Okay. What the hell makes you think the Bible's true? Well, yeah. I mean, it was edited and gone through all this stuff. I, I, I had a scenario that I asked somebody about, and nobody could answer me. There was a church in a town, near a town I lived in, and there was a minister there. It wasn't Catholic. It was Lutheran or something. This minister had been there for a number of years, and a lot of elderly people went there, and they felt like they were doing the right thing, uh, going to God through their church, through their minister. Well, at one point, it comes out that this minister was kind of uh, 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 sexually abusing the women in the church, you know, taking his power and using it against them and saying, you'll be closer to God and all that stuff. So when that came out, clearly he got fired. And when that happened, I thought to myself, here's some elderly woman that went to church every Sunday, thought she was getting closer to God. And then she finds out that this guy is a piece of shit, a criminal. What does she think then? Does she think that all that time she spent going through that minister to God is wasted now? Does she feel like she's wrong? I mean, what that person did to the people of that uh, of that group of people that were at that church is just, it's, you know, it, it's like any other kind of abuse. It's something that isn't a one-time thing and goes away. It's something that sticks with the people that are abused forever. I, right. And I... I mean, I'd like to know. I mean, yeah, what do you think? Like, what are you know, what does she think? Like, is she because I don't know. I mean, I'd be pretty upset. Yeah. Somebody you trust. Yeah. Uh, And that's why I'm saying I don't have to worry about that if I just, you know, pray to God directly. Deal with it that way. Well, and I don't need to go to church to find Jesus. Oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. Like, I don't, you know, I don't need need to go and, and do all that. And, you know, like I said, when you are a history major, history and religion collide. Oh, absolutely. I mean, who's responsible for more deaths than this world history than religions? Yeah, exactly. And Christianity is, like, responsible for almost half. But that is the, the thing is religion and history collide and and a lot of times like you're sitting in class going holy cow like you know your belief system is kind of almost falling down around you 
Yeah. When you see the other side of what Christianity does and how religion has been used to control people. Now, now I'm not going to discredit religions overall, because I know there's some people that like their religions and they get something out of it. And God bless you for that. But I will say about the evangelicals, they do the very same thing that the Republicans did, uh, that the Nazis did, and they radicalize their people. They yep. somehow, you know, the evangelicals are on board with Donald Trump and the Republicans in spite of the fact they commit all kinds of sins, <clears throat> but they've sold themselves out because they want that one topic uh, to overturn Roe v. Wade, and they're willing to tolerate all the other misdeeds and sins yep. that these people commit just to get that one thing. And to me, if you're a true believer and if you're somebody who cares about what's right, that in itself is wrong just to be willing to jump on board anybody who's going to give you the one thing that you want. Well, and they've packaged Donald Trump to the evangelicals. I mean, that was in the making before, you know, he was thinking about running. They started prepping their base and they got them to believe that he is the son of God. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the ironic thing is if you took the Donald Trump of the 70s, the 80s, even the 90s, and somebody said, oh, these evangelicals are going to follow him, they'd say, are you fucking crazy? This is the epitome of a fucking sinner. But but the Republicans did a hell of a job convincing evangelicals. And again, I don't even know if they convinced them. They just said, this guy's going to get you abortion overruled, so get on board. And they just, you know, they jumped on the fucking train and they went down that rabbit hole with Donald Trump and the Republicans. Well, yeah, because the Republicans made a deal with the evangelicals. We'll get abortion overturned, but you got to, you know, vote for us. And you may not like the other stuff we do, but we need your voting block Mm -hmm. because they know that they're running out of voters. The ironic thing is when they actually overturned Roe v. Wade, you could almost hear the Republicans going, oh, shit, we fucked up. Because first of all, it cost them the midterm elections, but what it also cost them is money yeah, and campaigns because they spent a lot of time campaigning on overturning Roe v. Wade and collecting money to overturn Roe v. Wade. Now that it's done, they lose all that shit. And now some evangelicals are going, all right, we've had enough. We got what we wanted. Fuck you. This is crazy. And that's kind of what's happening with the evangelicals now. Uh, which thank God because they they we need they need to be out because the evangelicals are not they will not compromise anything. No, no, they won't. They they won't. And and I think they've been radicalized long before Donald Trump came along because their preachers have been preaching it in Sunday. Yeah. You know, they're, I mean, they're we've got preachers that have planes and palaces and they're yep. preaching to people who live in squalor, and they keep taking their money. You'll go to heaven if you give me your last dollar. I mean, they literally say shit like that. Yeah, and those people believe it. They eat it up. I know. I, I told my wife, I said, thank, thank, you got, you, you got to thank God and bless the world that I'm not a fucking preacher. Because I'll take your fucking money. <laughs> you know, in, right. in, in business, I knew how to persuade people and get them to get on board. Nothing that was illegal or nothing that was even bad. But if I had a bad part of me, 
I'm convinced I could convince a fair enough people to give me their money if I could scare them enough. But you've got to be a, a special kind of piece of shit to do that. Yeah, you really do. But they, they the Republicans don't care. They just need they want votes and they want power. Right. And they don't care about helping. They, they don't care about the job they were hired for. It's just all about self-enrichment, making money, getting power. And I think they presume once they get the power, then we can do some good things. But the fact is they get so addicted to the money and the power, they never get to doing the good things for the people who elected them. And for whatever reason, the people who elected them don't get it, don't see it, don't understand it. No, because they just keep voting for the guy with the R by his name. They don't care. Right. They don't care because they can't have those liberals bring back abortion because that'll just damage us. Yeah. Yeah. And and there, there's so much more uh, damage that's been inflicted on this country by Republicans, and they continue to do it as we speak. Um, yeah. I, I feel comfortable, though, that that as much as the, the Republicans got a slim margin in, in the House of Representatives, they, they've been largely um, – um, They've been largely muted at this point. They really can't do much. And from what they're telling us about millennials and Gen Zs, 2024, there's going to be more of them. They don't vote Republican. In 2028, they're saying that Gen Zs and millennials will be the majority of the voters. And when that happens, God help the Republicans, they will no longer exist. No, they won't. But I kind of think what we're seeing now is the death of the Republican Party. Absolutely. No question. Certainly as we know it. Yes. And I and I think what's gonna happen is I'm hoping I'm hoping to God the crazies crawl back into whatever hole they came out of. Right. Because they need to go away. But then I'm thinking the centrist Democrats are gonna kinda you know what I mean? Like and the the Democrats are gonna become the progressives. Right. Right. You know, and you're you're going to end up with, you know, with, you know, like people like Biden, that'll be like the next party. Right. You know, where they're more in the center, you know, and they don't want to do all these crazy laws and all this, you know, they just want like normal stuff going on. But they're still not going to give you, you know, money to live your everyday life on and they're not going to raise minimum wage because that would just be horrible. I, I almost feel like. As far right as we've gone in this country, whether you agree with it or not, we almost have to go way left, progressive left, just to right the ship. And I always explain yep. it this way, and you you living in Chicago know exactly what I mean. If you're driving down the road on the snow and ice and you start sliding to the right, what do you do? You crank it all the way over to the all left. The and then yep. you come back to the left and then you got to crank it back to the right. And after a few times, finally, you get back to the center. And I have to wonder, is that what we're going to have to do with the country? Uh, it, it could be. I mean, it, 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 it really could be. I don't I don't know. I mean, you know, I think it was what last year. Was it 2021 where my dad called me and he's like, please tell me that this report I heard on the news, I heard it wrong. He's like, tell me I heard it wrong. And I said, what? He goes, there are people waiting for John F. Kennedy yeah. in Texas. He, yeah. he goes, he would be 105 
Yeah, yeah. But he's he goes, he's immortal, though, of course. He's immortal, and that's why he's coming back. And I was like, no, you, you heard that right. And he goes, no, you were supposed to tell me that I, I didn't hear that right. He goes, because that's just crazy. That's, like, too crazy. It is. But, but again, what are we supposed to do with those people? Well, you know what? I'm convinced QAnon <laughs> just pulls shit out of their ass and go, this will be really fucked up. Let's just say this. I mean, because... John F. Kennedy is a Democrat. He was a liberal de- Democrat. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's. How, how do they convince the Republicans that he's their savior? I, I don't get that. And he was probably, you know, depending on how he was killed, <clears throat> conservatives were probably involved more than liberals. So, oh yeah, I would guess so. So why why would the conservatives now think he is their savior? I, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm convinced Q just goes, now this would be fucking funny if we can convince him of this. And uh, I, I'm i kind of convinced Q's a Democrat and he just throws like the wacky shit out there to see if like these dumbass people pick it up and run with it. And they do. They run with all of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it. <laughs> I've even suggested that. Um, again, if I was a piece of shit, I would do this, especially in the heat of Donald Trump when he was president. I said on the show one time, I say, you know, the capitalist part of me wants to create T-shirts and hats with crazy shit on it and then sell it to Republicans because I know I can make a lot of fucking money. The crazier, the better. But fortunately, I could never bring myself to do that. DeSantis is selling an apron that says, don't tread on my stove. (laughs) Wow. And I'm sure that there are people that got their, you know, their money this month. And they're like, I'm going to spend that $30 because I need that. Well, you know, when when, when we were going through the election of, of, of Kevin McCarthy in the uh, House or Good Speaker Lord. of the House, you know, we had all these people fighting, these 20 fighting against Kevin McCarthy. You probably won't be surprised to hear that while that fight was going on, that holdout for Kevin McCarthy to get elected, people like Paul Gosar, Matt Gates, uh, uh, Lauren Boebert, they were all sending emails out going, we're trying to save the country. Send us 50 bucks or a hundred bucks. They were, they were fundraising on that. And I said, I think it was on Twitter. I was like, if somebody is telling you that they are literally trying to elect a speaker and they need you to send them money, they don't need money for that. That that does not require any money from you. They only need money for you from you when they're running their campaign. That I understand. They want funds. But they don't need you to donate for them to do their job. They get what's called a paycheck. Right, right. Well, when now- I go into work, I don't send out fundraising emails. Well, and the ironic thing is uh, you got to send in money to help us with this fight. Yeah, but but you're fighting your own people, for Christ's sake. The Democrats were just sitting back voting for Hakeem Jeffries. You aren't fighting against Democrats. You're fighting against your own people. Maybe just get your own people together, unify. Maybe you could do that instead of collecting money. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, but they can't. They can't. And and they're they've got a problem now because they've got half the party is a radicalized party and the other half is the middle end of it trying to, you know, navigate this. Well, we're going a little long here and I'm going to wrap this thing up, but I wanted to ask you a question just to get your insight on this. Um, 
We know that the Republicans have a slim majority in the House of Representatives. We know there's all kinds of news stories about all the crazy things they're going to do. But, of course, we know they have to go through the Senate and that won't work. How do you see the House working over the next two years? What do you think is going to happen there? I basically kind of go back to the beginning when Donald Trump was elected and they went through, like, how many people kept resigning right? because the caucus wasn't working. And how many times did they bring a bill to the floor and go, oh, well, we didn't have the votes, but we'll try again tomorrow. Right, right. I mean, I kind of see that's how this is going to go. And and you're going to find, um, I mean, you know, they've already abolished the IRS and they've passed two ridiculous bills about abortion that we didn't need or whatever now they're just going to go into committees and they're just going to try to investigate the investigators which they can't do but they're going to attempt it because they know that their people don't know that can we agree can we agree though that those kinds of activities those kinds of strategies are some of the main things that cost them the midterms and then we go back to what we said before they don't learn it is and that's what's going to happen they're going to go on this crazy tangent you know i mean look at the hunter biden press conference that they had the day after they won this slim majority yeah you know they're and and basically i don't think you're going to have any bills that are written unless it's marjorie three toes bringing up articles of impeachment for biden because right. she's just going to try to impeach him for everything under the friggin' sun. But the thing is, even if they do come up with an impeachment, they're not even going to get all the Republicans to get on board with that. Because some Republicans understand this is a non-starter for elections, and they're going to want to separate from the the MAGA fucks. Well, that's that's going to be the thing. But I I'm kind of convinced that you're not going to see a lot of bills being passed. And you know what? Instead of worrying about it, I think we should say, cool, be fucking crazy as you want, because in 2024, you're going to be gone. But, yeah, honestly, I don't think they're going to have a lot of bills that are passed because aren't they abolishing committees and they just abolish the ethics committee and the oversight? Yeah, I, I, I haven't really paid close enough attention. I should do that and I will. I just think whatever happens in the House is going to be a joke. It's not going to really do anything. The, no, the, it, the crazier they get, the better for the Democrats. True. But I, I honestly think you're going to find that in the next two years, it's the whole country is going to come to a standstill because nothing's nothing's going to get done because they won't. The Democrats don't have a majority. They might be able to get some centrists to vote with them. But I don't see McCarthy bringing any of their bills to a vote on the floor anyway. Yeah, that's a good point, too. That's an excellent point. Well, Denise, we, we're running along here, but like I say, it's my show. We'll run long if I fucking want to. But you know, you probably have to get up in the morning. I kind of do. Yeah. I do, but I don't. But I want to thank you for coming on the show. It's been uh, a very interesting. It's been a different kind of show, but it's a good show. And and uh, this is why I like to have listeners on, because you never really know where it's going to go, but it always ends up sounding pretty good. And this one is right in line with all the other shows with listeners. So thank you very much for taking the time. Oh, thank you for having me. It was a, I was it was fun to be here. My first podcast, so is it okay? Yeah. Well, well, know that you can come back anytime you want. Just send the email. Say, Mike, I'm ready. We'll set it up, and you can see setting it up was pretty easy, and then getting it done was pretty easy. So yeah, it is. 
I, there, there should be no reason I don't hear back from you sometime in the near future. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, Denise, thank you very much for joining us on the show. The folks at home, I want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to, to listen to the show. I hope you have a great day. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.